says, get that India, big boy. Hello and welcome back to the Instant Reaction edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. Joining me the breakdown, well, uh, a game that really encapsulates the madness of the season that is 2023 is my good mate, 60s. I mean, we, we joked about it. We, uh, we lightheartedly predicted it, uh, but the Eels certainly went above and beyond and surpassed any expectations, however optimistic we might have uh, labelled or, or uh, bestowed upon them 60s in their 36-16 win over the South Sydney Rabbitohs tonight. Mate, how good was that win? That was that was just the most amazing victory that I've seen for some time from the Parramatta Reels. It was probably right up there in terms of against the odds with that win over the Cowboys up in North Queensland in the preliminary final last Fesh year. Fesh out, yeah. Uh, just with the, having to turn the momentum of the game in the second half, uh, players missing from the starting team, players going off injured and not being able to come back on, players out of position with the uh, with the not having any back rowers left, uh, it was just yeah, it it was just a great win. We couldn't have asked more from the Eels, and I'm going to continue saying what I've what I've been saying, which is I can argue that we are playing more consistent football in 2023 than we were in 2022. And I think not only does the differential prove that, it's it's also a, a match like this against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who we know have been the real bogey team, the genuine bogey team for the Eels. And, yeah, Parramatta's unfortunately been finding a way to lose and we've been complaining about how they find a way to lose. But I'm still saying the football that they've been playing is arguably more consistent than it was last year. Yeah, you come into this game, Sands, Reagan Campbell, Gillard and Sean Lane, two, you know, top-tier forwards, representative-caliber forwards. Five minutes into this game, you lose Andrew Davey to a HIA which I couldn't really catch it on the replay 60s, but I think it was a head knock with uh, Campbell Gray. Yeah, Yeah, it was like, sorry, a head collision there. Uh, And it just happened so quickly. Uh, And then at halftime, after what felt like the first set, uh, uh, Reagan Campbell-Gillard, Ryan Madison hobbles off with a calf injury. Uh, And that's something to monitor for sure because we all know calf injuries can be a real bugger to deal with. Uh, but, you know, down two players in this game up against the best team in the competition this year. And not just that, but the best team in the competition and a team that in the last three years has absolutely wiped the floor with you. And the Eels stood tall. Uh, I mean, South Sydney scored, what, one try was Junior getting reefed of the ball by Latrell Mitchell in a heads-up play from Latrell off a intercept from Junior. Uh, then we had the last one, which was just a mis- miscount of numbers from the scrum. And then the second one, which was at the end of the first half when they ran the ball in the last, which was not not like there's no non-legit tries, but that was probably the most uh, conventional of their three tries scored. Yeah, the Eels really still torn this one, mate. They played the sort of physical football we've been begging them to get back to. And it's amazing how a little bit of physicality in offense, but way more so in defense, 
suddenly sharpens up everything else for the team. Oh, mate, look, there's going to be so much that we're going to be able to talk about in in the way of positive contributions from the Eels. We're going to I'm going to throw to you in a moment just for the stats, but before we do that, a big shout out to our sponsors. That's Big Swing Golf at North Mead and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellan and Parramatta. As we always say, if we didn't have our sponsors, basically the Cumberland oh. Throw wouldn't exist as it does now. Keeps so it's a big thanks to our sponsors. Exactly. And, uh, mate, I'm going to throw to you for the main stats. Let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Parramatta Eels 36, defeating the South Sydney Rabbitohs 16. That's the Darug and Barramatagal Eels and the Yora and Gadigal Rabbitohs in Indigenous round. And it was the first time this year that Souths have been held under 20 points, I think, 60s. Was it? Uh, no, it was that or they haven't conceded, uh, hadn't conceded uh, 20 points. So I think, well, I don't know. I, I, I haven't followed that stat, but they were averaging only something like about 13 points a game against them or maybe 15 points a game. It was something really, really Yeah, they've, they've, been, they've been held under under 20. So the Rabbitohs uh, lost to the Panthers 16-10 and then 2018. So no, that, that, that's that they gave on Fox as a lie. Uh, but uh, they haven't considered. They've been pretty good. So to bleed that many points against us is the first time this season, I think, to, get, to bleed over. Oh, yeah, that's what they're saying. They haven't bled, yeah, over 20 points this season. And so there you go. We're the first team to crack the 2-0 on them. So very, very good stuff there from the Parramatta Eels. But let's get into the scorer sheet. Uh, we start with the Eels. Well, we I went Mike Acevo, but it was the other edge uh, for FTS 60. Sean Russell scoring a really nice try there, uh, beating Luttrell on that narrow blind side, cutting back in to plant the ball down. Uh, he was... Uh, joined on the scorer sheet by Bowie Simonson, who had a very good game, bagged a double in the end. Bryce Cartwright, Dillbags, and Will Penasini. For the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Alex Johnston, well, he always has a way of finding the try line, got two and was uh, prevented from getting an early first by the boot of Quinton Gufferson. Uh, and then Campbell Graham scoring, un- uh, well, I suppose, uncontested from that scrum win early in the second half. Mitchell Moses made a sparkling return from his one week off with a six from six night off the tee. Luttrell, two from three. Uh, and the Eels also missing a two-point field goal attempt at the end of the first half. Uh, Eels dominating possession in this one, 60s. It's been a long time since I feel like we've said that. Uh, but 57%, the 43% for the blonde gold. Time of possession, oh, about eight and a half minutes, eight minutes, 40 in their favour. Completion rates for both teams in the mid-70s. 73% for Parramatta, 75 for South Sydney. So well down on what we expected you needed to do to beat Souths. But when you, we spoke about this in our losses, when you're converting those offensive KPIs, your line breaks, your tackle breaks, your offloads into points, suddenly your completion rates can have a, a little bit of a wiggle room to be uh, you know, back in more realistic, I suppose, margins. Uh, but then coming into this game, you spoke about how strong South Sydney were on the ground. The Eels outran them to the tune of nearly 400 metres in terms of all-purpose metres, 170-plus in post-contact. Five line breaks to four, so we knew that South Sydney could pose a, a potent attacking threat in this game, and the Eels had to match them, and they just got ahead there. 32 tackle breaks, though, for Parramatta to South Sydney's 21. That one's a bit of a surprise. Eels been struggling defensively. South Sydney are really strong in attack. So for the Eels to come on top here really speaks to the tone of their physicality in this contest. 
And this is one we have to wait and see on the update sixties because this was like a carbon copy of round eleven versus the Raiders. Play the ball speed in a game where the Eels were so strong in the ruck and had plenty of attacking threats on both sides. Guess what our average play of the ball speed was? Uh, I'll go for a rough, well, I don't know, something like 4.01 seconds. 4.01 seconds. South Sydney, an absolutely lightning fast 3 2 4 by comparison. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out in the wash. But geez, very, very interesting there. Eels dominated the offloads 16 to 5. I think Jermaine Hopgood was good for about half of those 60s. He had a very, very good first half before getting kicked out to the edge, working the emergency shift on the left there. Uh, and then we go down to kick defusal. Eels, pretty good in that regard, 67%. And then the ones they didn't defuse were, I think, uh, spoiled ball by Southwood, which were mostly knock-ons. Uh, defensive effective tackle rate. This is the one I've been waiting for, waiting weeks and weeks and rounds and rounds for. Parramatta finally over 90% in the game, 60s. The big 9023. Big, big game there from the Eels. South Sydney, a tick under 85% effective tackle rate. Only 21 missed tackles for the Eels. Nine ineffective tackles. So 30 combined missed ineffective tackles there. Very, very good. And then we get to negative plays. Uh, 11 areas of peace for both teams. And then uh, in the end, the penalties blew out a fair bit towards uh, against South Sydney. Uh, there was a, some uh, late calls in the second half there. But uh, Klein called a very, very fast, very open game. Very unKlein-like game in most parts. But maybe a tune-up for State of Origin for him. That was more akin to an Origin game there in terms of the tempo and the flow. Yeah, yeah, six six penalties to one. Wouldn't we have loved something like that last week? And um, and, and look, it, it, if you're a South Sydney supporter, you might be a little bit uh, dirty on that on that penalty count. But uh, some of the penalties towards the end were pretty straightforward, like offside penalties. You know, where the balls tapped forward to. Um, yeah, off that, off that kickoff, so, exactly. So they're the ones that, and it happens to every team. They they pump the stats one way or the other. Uh, but yeah, in this one, I think it was three one penalties right deep into that contest in the second half before a couple of them uh, sort of blew it out in that regard. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look, uh, what can you say about that about that game, mate? Except that that was what we've been waiting to see in terms of the Eels playing for 80 minutes. That was an 80-minute performance that they uh, put in there. I said to you after the training the other night about how sharp Parramatta looked in attack, that the NRL team. But, you know, I, I preface, well, the the uh, of course, the proviso of that was... Yeah, was it a function of going against the reserve-grade roster... Or was it the, yeah. the first grade has just been really on point and yeah. signs signs now point towards the latter. And the the two players that I said looked absolutely killer in the training session. Who a, a lot of that a lot of the line breaks were coming from was Brown and Moses. Yeah, and what you know? Yeah, lo and behold, they, just, they had uh, five out of five, ten out of ten games today. Yeah. And it was, I mean, they were real. I can't emphasize enough just how sharp that they did look at training. And of course, I, I can't, I don't go and do training reports during the season because it would be giving away what they looked like, what they were working on through the week. But it was one of the sharper training sessions that I'd seen for some time, just simply, simply because of, you know, how the, how their attack was humming. It was, of course, the thing that I was concerned about was they 
they probably didn't do as much uh, defensive work during the opposed session because of the fact that they were dominating the possession so much to the extent that basically they had to stop the flow of the game and give a bit of possession to the uh, New South Wales Cup team to uh, give the NRL boys a bit of well, uh, defensive I've got bad news however, for the Cup boys. However, Moving forwards, you're not getting the ball. Yeah, but the the of course the the great thing was that the New South Wales Cup team produced a win against the South Sydney Rabbitohs earlier tonight to the tune of 26-16. So they had a nice turnaround in form against the Rabbitohs. And look, it didn't surprise me with Jake Arthur being back there for the uh, New South Wales Cup team this week. So a lot of the play comes through him. So it wasn't really a surprise when he's back there managing the game. So uh, the feedback that I've had so far is that he he had a, a very, very good game. So we'll try and catch... Uh, some footage on that tomorrow. Uh, but back to the NRL game. Mate, you, you've just gone through some of the stats and I'd, I'd like to uh, highlight some of the uh, some of the Eels stats in terms of the uh, individual players because I think from uh, there were some great contributors and it's going to make it very, very hard for us to come up with a 3 2 1 tonight, I think. Uh, the, the players who, look, from the eye test, I've already named, I've already rattled off a couple of players in, in both of the halves. Junior Paulo, after a, a bit of a slow start to the game. It, 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 Boy, what about those run meters? The first they, half had me really yeah. concerned because it was more of the same. It was ball playing before playing tough. Uh, he got picked off by Latrell in that critical one on one strip, uh, and it looked like he was sort of playing within himself, but in that second stanza, wow. You talk about tone setters, uh, that is exactly what we want for your big man right there. Playing north-south, yep. uh, letting the opportunities of ball play come because you are an absolute sledgehammer in the ruck. And, yeah, but yeah. now let's let's also now highlight Wiramu Greg. 50 minutes on the field, 200 run metres, 87 post-contact. That matches up with Junior, who who played uh, 73 minutes, so big minutes there yeah. for Junior, 198 run metres, 98 post-contact. That was what really stood out in a big way for me also. Uh, also a big tick there for uh, Offahiki Ogden. I thought he was very, very well, when, good. When you're down two pigs... You need all your middles to stand up, and uh, obviously Junior with a absolutely Herculean seventy-three minutes, and and obviously Woody too. Uh, but when you have your depth guys like Ogden and Makatoa going for big, you know, uh, triple-digit scores, one hundred and thirty-nine meters from just twelve carries for Ogden, one sixty-four from fifteen for Makatoa. So again, you're balancing production with efficiency here. When you're going at a per run rate of over ten meters, you know it's a good, you know, a good run uh, or good set of runs for a middle. And yeah, they and all... it was probably, yeah, and it was probably the most productive uh, run meters that we've had from some of the outside backs there, where we had Will Penasini, 149 run meters, Bailey Solmanson, 177. I thought, apart from that mix-up defensively off the scrum, he was he was very very strong out there tonight. Up against Sean the form Russell, center of the competition too. Yeah, uh, Sean Russell, 152 run meters, but. Mate, Dylan Brown, I said the like from the eye test, he and Mitch Moses, but 
140 run meters there. Um, like his his play tonight was just uh, sensational. Like that was. We've had the commentators waxing lyrical about his performance, but he was just he the he's talks about himself as a bit of a space cadet, which basically says that you know maybe his focus could be better. He was focused for eighty minutes of football out there tonight, and it's often said, and and I've had that from you know within the camp as well that he often that he plays his best when he's got Sean Lane playing alongside him. And without Sean Lane tonight, well, he didn't need him talking all through the game and keeping him focused. He was very, very focused tonight. That was one of the best all-round performances we've seen from Dylan Brown. He's really warming into this season. No matter how the team is going, you'd have to say that the last five, six weeks from Dylan Brown have been outstanding after what was a relatively slow start to the season. And it's very, very easy to forget, given how much NRL he's played for the Eels. He's still one of the youngest playmakers in the game. So, yeah. you know, we, we haven't seen anywhere near his best yet. We haven't seen the full development of his repertoire of attacking skills. So very, very exciting stuff there. And, yeah, a reminder of just how good he is and how physical and dominant he can be. South's had no answer for him tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, what for you was the... Uh the best try of the match. Oh. Oh. Jeez, I'm just trying to think. I, I I really liked, I always love when a Mitchell Moses short side play comes off. He's so good at executing them. So the Sean Russell try immediately jumps to mind. Uh, but Bowie Simonson's first down that left edge where we finally had someone backing up Dylan on that half sort of break he makes was very good in Madison. I think maybe the one that was most impressive and maybe the most important one was uh, Dillbag's 71st try. That was the one that really put the game beyond doubt because we, we know that South can come back and score a couple of tries in a short window. So even with 11 minutes on the clock when we sort of went into that possession, uh, I was still like, man, like, yeah, we got the eight-point lead, uh, but I don't feel comfortable here. And uh, the fact that, you know, he, he just gave hot pursuit on a – a kick from Moses that was probably just slightly overcooked and it was just an, a pure effort play to turn that from a seven-tackle set into a game-winning try. That's the one that stands out to me. Yeah, and look, that's probably a fair call. I think uh, I've got a lot of time for that one. The That try that, as you mentioned, was um, scored by Bailey Simonson from the uh, Dylan Brown offload to Ryan Madison. Where I really appreciated that, let's say the pulchritude of it, the pulchritude of that try, was the just the, the, the simple execution when Madison got through and he kept his composure and he had the choice inside or outside. It could either way would have been fine, but he just kept that composure and Simonson, we had... As I said, we had the backing up on the inside or the outside. Two fast men, Moses inside, Bailey Simonson outside. We've seen a couple of matches against Newcastle in particular where we left a lot of tries out there on the field that we just we didn't convert the line breaks into the four-pointers. But that was just executed to perfection. So that's probably 
probably what I think was the best try of the night. Now I'm going to ask you, what was your turning point in the match? Well, after a, a really, really strong first half where the Eels had been the better team by some margin, I feel like, in all the key exchanges and then bleeding that last gasp try and nearly two tries as well because uh, it's easy to forget, but South's had that line break down on the right edge where they kicked inside and it was about eight bunnies around the board and managed to break away from them. Coming into the second half, I was a bit concerned and we, we bled that first try to Campbell Graham. Uh, so I think uh, I want to give a shout-out to Josh Hodgson for the big kick pressure on Lachlan Ilias to force the ball out in the full and really sort of uh, arrest any sort of game-winning momentum that Souths could have built from there because that was you know on halfway, pinning the eels down inside their 20 from there and suddenly Souths are not just, you know, controlling the armrest or they're potentially dominating the game. So I think Hodgson had a very, very good game tonight and that was one of a number of important plays that he made. It wasn't that his second kick pressure that forced did the, it, the Did it last week against uh, Jamal Fogarty too, yep. So two tonight and he got one on, on Fogarty last week. Now, I, you know, I've we've had conversations. I, I haven't liked the pylon on Josh Hodgson because the the stats that and they even ran with it on the on the uh, broadcast tonight about the the points differential when Hodgson's on the field and and when Brendan Hands is on the field and we're we're big fans of Brendan Hands and we've also been critical of Josh Hodgson's early season form but when you start talking about points differential when uh, individual player and individual players either on or off the field you're using team stats to describe an individual. Now, I know that's a key individual in a dummy half because the dummy half touches the ball more than anyone else. But I've said before, like last week, the 18 points that were scored either side of half-time by the Raiders had nothing to do with Josh Hodgson. And then you'd come out of tonight and you'd go... Okay, look at all the points that were scored when Brendan Hands was on the field in the the latter part of the game, when Parramatta was was really starting to enforce their superiority. But those tough yards were done by Hodgson. Look, don't get me wrong. John, um, Brendan Hands is a very good player, and he's been an absolute breath of fresh air for the Eels. And there's probably times where I want him to play a few more minutes, but when you've got someone like him on the bench, yes, he's going to play more up-tempo. He's younger, he's faster than the the current dummy half. But bringing him on and at a time when you might want to look for that advantage, it's, it's, it's starting to work for the Eels. I thought it was the... I thought BA got his timing right between them tonight. Absolutely right. And if you're suggesting that BA goes, takes Hodgson off before half time, gives hands a stretch before on the either side of half time, and then Hodgson comes back on, you're talking about two uh, interchanges there used for the one uh, position. And I think probably um, it, it, it depends on how the game's going. Uh, there's an argument that could have been made for hands starting games and Hodgson coming on uh, from there. But I think tonight it was, I think BA had it perfectly in the, in the 
uh, in his use of the interchange uh, around those two players. And it, it's a, I think it's me personally, I think it's been a couple of really solid games for Hodgson in a row now, uh, Gold Coast, Canberra, and now obviously South Sydney. So I think he's warming to the task. I hope he's warming to the task. And this is indicative of a return, not necessarily to his best, given both his age and injury history, but on that injury history, a reminder that he is coming back from an ACL. And like Hayes Dunster, there is an element of needing to be patient. But I suppose that the expectation on, on Hodge, and understandably because of you know the money that we, not like we're paying him superstar money, but you know he's being paid good money and he's come here to play a core position. Fans are... I say burdening him, but it comes with the territory. You know, they're entrusting him with a lot of responsibility. And while he did have a poor start to the season, I think he is warming to the task. And I think oh, that... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say, uh, my greatest fear was that there was going to be a pile-on that was similar to what young Jake Arthur had, where, uh, you know, there were, there were games where the Eels lost and he was playing in those matches... And fans were pointing the finger at him, and it had nothing to do with him, whether the team lost those games, mm-hmm. um, and and there was just piling on for the sake of piling on, right? Just hatred about it. Now, in this instance, I think there's a an element of piling onto onto Josh Hodgson at a time where actually it's less relevant because you know what, there would have been no argument about it early in the season. His form wasn't up to it; it wasn't good. And for all the reasons that we've discussed, but you know, then again, the form of other Eels players wasn't so good at, at different points in the early part of the season. Yet, and this is what I'm saying uh, earlier in this podcast, I still think that we've been more consistent than we were last year. And Josh Hodgson's numbers, when you look at him in isolation, it looks like he had a, a nothing burger game: one run for seven meters, zero try involvements. Uh, in terms of the raw numbers, which is not true, because I had him down for at least two try, two important try involvements tonight. Uh, and then he got through 24 tackles, two miss, zero effective. So a good night in the office defensively. Uh, that That is a very good night there, uh, especially up against a, a team as dominant in attack as South Sydney. But yeah, once again, it's a, a testament to the fact that the numbers don't always reflect the impact in the game. You know, you don't get... Well, look, you, you know, you can say the same. You can say the same there really about uh, Brendan Hands because he, I mean, he was very effective when he came onto the field mm-hmm. and he played that up-tempo game and uh, when you when you have a look at, at, at his stats again, it's, it's like uh, what is it? It's something like uh, nine tackles or one, he, one run for seven metres so a nice little bit of yep. mirroring there between the two dummy halves and then, yeah, he yeah. got through nine tackles for zero missed and ineffective on the first pass of the, the stats there. So, um, yeah, yeah so both both dummy halves working really well in tandem there. Uh, and I actually thought they might have spent some time on the field together tonight, 60s. Uh, but they obviously wanted to get uh, Hodgeau out of the uh, cauldron after a very, very intense stint there. I think he went, what, 50, 54 minutes? Uh, so I thought he might have tagged in at lock forward maybe to help the, uh, the, the big, uh, big boys there given the crisis that they were undergoing. But uh, Brad Arthur got it right. Yeah, he got the yeah. uh, emergency rotations right there. He got the dummy half rotation right this game. Hands came on and uh, his energy and freshness was able to stifle any potential South Sydney comeback. Yeah, and it might well be that um, next week 
how timely might it be that uh, off in Gowies. Yeah, well, assuming, knock, knock on wood that the Tigers don't botch this by getting him hurt this week. Uh, but assuming that he's fit and can come over the Parramatta, he's getting jettisoned into this team ASAP. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we know we're, we're definitely going to be missing Andrew Davey. We don't know the extent. Mandatory 11-day stand down there at the yep. very minimum. Yep, we don't know the extent of the injury to... Ryan Madison. We don't, so car, Carve injuries are really good news, though. No, they're really good news. We've already got RCG out and Sean Lane out. So, and if um, and if Junior's selected in Origin, he sits out. Yes, because that's so, it's, the, it's a preparatory week for Origin, so he's going to miss the game. You can't back up when you're, when you're in camp. Yeah. So, uh, what do we have? Do we have? Often Gowie comes in and, and is a starting prop. I'd say so. Immediately. So Woody is your your number one prop next week. Yes. Woody comes in and he's your number one starter. You probably pair him with Makatoa as the workhorse. Or now I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to uh, alarm you. But what's the odds that Hop could get selected for Queensland? We didn't do his uh, chances any disservices tonight. Uh, no, so I mean, if he gets if he gets selected and Junior gets selected, uh, are, are we literally running out a, a a pack that was almost the New South Wales Cup pack not too long ago? Sands Bryce Cartwright, I think you might be correct, and plus Joe, assuming that he gets you know through unscathed, that yeah. it actually might be the New South Wales Cup pack. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking because yeah, uh, you, you're missing. Your back rowers, except for Cardi and uh, Woody, obviously. Uh, and after that, it's all, it's all your reserve graders. Go mm. on. So, yeah, life comes at you fast in rugby league, doesn't it? It does. And we have to hope that the North Queensland Cowboys end up with an absolute slew of uh, players selected for Queensland. So, well, um, looking at their team, who? Valentine's a, a, almost a shoe in, right? Yeah. Uh, so you got Valentine, Murray Talungi is an outsider. Uh, Din played for him last year, but I don't think he'll be. That was in a bit of a injury or suspension crisis. Cohen Hess. Heel and Lukey's been talked up as an outsider. Reuben Cotter will play. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be missing a few players. Yeah. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest three or four. Yeah. But we can't afford two. No, no. I, I hope I hope that uh, Brad Fittler just uh, gives Junior the cold shoulder. He won't because he loves Junior. Unfortunately, it's the one eel he actually likes. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're going to be doing it tough next week. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, mate, it, I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm not going to say I'm in a state of shock about tonight's result, but. It's. I think it was our most complete performance of the season tonight, in a in a match where we were missing so many, and had such adversity. It we produced our 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 most complete performance of the year. It's interesting because there, there could be an argument for the Penrith game being a more complete team performance, insofar as ninety five percent completion rate. That stuff is you know close to perfect or as close as you're going to get. Uh, especially when taking on a team like Penrith. But given the context of the game tonight, uh, you know, given the history between these two teams, 
in the last three seasons, and uh, given the two injuries that you sustained in the game, uh, it's hard to go past that 60s. I think this was a wonderful, wonderful uh, team win. Uh, I, it's not one to plant the flag on just yet. No, it no, could and, it and could be it could be the rallying point for the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, look, there's a a wise fellow who said to me, and I've used this before, uh, I've stolen it from him. Said it's not a matter of you're only as good as your last game; you're only as good as your next game. So the Eels are going to have to find something next week to be able to back up this performance tonight. It's it's probably one that fans mark down as a game that the Eels weren't expected to win. So you'd almost say that it's a bonus two points that the Eels have collected. Um, yeah, it's strange today, you know, mate, because uh, I made a phone call to someone and I said, look, I need you to tell me if I'm crazy or not because I actually think we're going to win this game tonight. And he said, look, I reckon we're going to give a good account of ourselves. You're not crazy. And that's what we spoke about in the preview was so many of these last six games prior to this one, obviously the, the six that we lost, had been over in the opening 15, 20 minutes because Souths had a torrential downpour of possession and they just convert that into points so effectively in a given game, but especially against Parramatta. And it would have been just nice to see how we could go if we get our feet planted, get in the contest... And that's what we saw tonight. And it, you know, the Eels just took it and ran with it. And even when they, they blinked momentarily early in the second half, they found the resolve to turn the tights. So very, very impressed with the team here. A little bit of intel, by the way, coming out of the post-game uh, interviews. I think Bryce Cartwright's uh, given some good goss on the return of a certain prop forward, saying that uh, Reagan Campbell-Gillard's targeting the week after the bye. So we travel, we travel back home to Combank Stadium next week to take on the Cowboys in the same time slot, 8 o'clock p.m. Friday night. We then get well, the wasn't it wasn't the time frame we were told somewhere in that six-week mark. I mean, that's pretty close to that, the week after. The the, the the window was pretty big initially. It was like anywhere between like four to ten, depending on the severity. Uh, groins, you know, being groins, and uh, Reg having a history there. Uh, so it looks like he sort of hit that mid-term schedule. Uh, so we, we host the Cowboys, have the bye, come out of that and go to a core stadium to take on the Bulldogs. And that's where Reg, knock on wood, should be back. So big game next week to get through 60s. Very, very big yeah, game. Well, just looking at him running, I think he will be back um, for that game. Um, let's hope that they that, that assessment of, um, what, three weeks away? Is, yes, effectively three weeks away, yeah is spot on. Uh, look, the other thing too, in the preview, preview, we talked about looking at the lineups that we thought there was a chance for the Eels to win the middle tonight. Well, it, on paper, we've said that the Eels should be able to do it. And just in other games, they haven't. In this one, they aimed up. And they really stifled Cameron Murray and Damian Cook. Uh, they gave them no platform to attack the Eels getting downhill and in behind the ruck with. And yeah, South Sydney, it really took away any impetus for, in particular, Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell. They were non-factors outside of that try before half-time. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of uh, Cody Walker, it was good to see the uh, facade drop when uh, South got beaten and beaten well. The grubbery started coming out at the end there, and I think our boys relished it too. 
they uh, they enjoyed seeing the uh, the antics come out because it meant that they got him good. Yeah, there's less smiles, isn't there, when you when you get bitten? <laughs> so you know what is it? The old winners can laugh and losers can please themselves. So um, yeah, it, look, it was a, it was a a fantastic result. We're probably now at the point where we have to try to work out a three-two-one. So, what's your three, mate? Man, it's one of those ones where it feels like you're doing an honest discredit to the, well, I'll say 16 blokes, given that that's not a knock on Davey. Uh, he got, unfortunately, uh, ruled out of the game very, very early on, uh, early on. It's a, yeah, disservice to the 16 blokes, including Maddo, who busted their tails for this one. But three points, my goodness. I... If I if I wanted to cheat, if I wanted to cheat, I could point to Mitchell Moses and say, "Yeah, my pregame prediction was we needed Moses to come in and shine." And not really, he did. You know, he just classic Mitchell Moses game. Uh, kicked the uh, the Rabbitohs to death, pinned them in their own box every set. Uh, was clinical in, ma- in maximizing his attacking opportunities. Set up Sean Russell beautifully. Set up Paul Penasini. Set up Bryce Cartwright. Uh, they were all really classic Mitchell Moses halfback try assists right there. But in terms of impact on the game, I and and just the way that South didn't really have an answer for him, I think Dylan Brown was the best on field in this one. Yeah, look, there's so many good contributors that I, I feel like I didn't. I mean, we didn't mention uh, Cardi, and I thought Cardi had now. Cardi killed it. Yeah, the, the, again, the numbers aren't gaudy. Yeah, just right now he's a tick under 100 meters from 11 carries. Uh, and he's down for 26 tackles, three missed, two ineffective. But he threatened South Sydney massively. There was a couple of those ranging runs. His off-the-ball work is superb. That's one thing I've noticed with Cartwright is he will he will present, uh, promote the ball, he'll pass the ball, he'll move it, but then he's always in motion to then back it up. He'll be wrapping around and be pushing up after making the pass or the offload. He's always in motion, uh, big ball of energy there, so he had a very good game. Yeah, but um, I, I've got to give I've got to give three points to someone, and oh man, um, you know, I I think I can't go past Dylan Brown either. It's I, I want to give it to one of the the big boys. Uh, it's I'm, the chicken and the egg I, situation here, isn't it? Because without the big boys absolutely breaking their backs in this game, you're not getting those opportunities for Dylan and Moses to shine and ice it. Uh, but by the same token, because they get the chance to shine, they're the ones that tend to get the uh, the big points. And I, I imagine that they'll both rake in the Dalian points this week at the expense of their, their uh, workhorses in the middle. Yeah, I, I feel like I want to give two points to um, therefore to Junior. I, I've got to give two points to Junior, and it's and then you know what? Well, then then becomes really really challenging because. I want to give two. I, I want to give a point to Wiramu. Um Woody Hodgson Simonson. Uh, you know, we mentioned Cardi just then. Moses, and, and I'm not. And and here's me not giving a point to Moses. I, I just, uh, I just don't know. I, I I just feel like we won the middle so well, and and he, I, I'm not mentioning Hopgood. Yeah, who, who was electric Hopgood. in his first stint before. Getting bundled out to that left edge to do triage uh, in the the big reshuffle that or well, the double reshuffle that we had 
in that uh, forward crisis. So, yeah, Hoppy was fantastic in that first stint. South Sydney had no answer to him. Uh, his offloads were killing them. So, I, mate, uh, look, I guess we have to. So, just to recap, I'll go Dylan Brown, three, and the two starting props, Junior, two, and Wiramu, one. I like that. I like that. Oh, jeez. So, I'm going to go deal bags for the free, like I said. Man, it feels like I... Uh, I want to give both the props like the two points and then give someone else a one point, but that's cheating. Um, I think Woody had the more consistent game, but Junior's second half was super, super important. So I don't know how that, how that factors in voting, but that's just, you know, my take on it. And I think Josh Hodgson deserves a point. So I don't know how to split the three of them. Um, you got to make a call, mate. I had to make the call. Come on. Well, you know what? Being a captain means that you get lumps of shit. So, Junes, I'm sorry, as a co-captain, you're going to miss out this week. And that's no disrespect on you. But like coaches, when the uh, winning is good, everyone else gets the praise. And when the losing's bad, you're the one that's firing line. So, I'll, I'll give you those sort of uh, leadership daps there and move you out of the points. Woody 2, uh, Hodgson 1. Mate, there we go. The first points to Josh Hodgson for the year. Uh, you may not get many people agreeing with you, but mate, I'll, I'll I'll back you up there. I'll back you up and say good call, good call. So onwards and upwards, that's an instant reaction that we've been waiting to have. It's been too long since the the last really positive one, which I think was against the Knights when we were doing that live. And even that one but, was an odd one given the nature of that game. So uh, our best since the Penrith game, I think in terms of a complete team performance and one they need to build on now against the North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, so we've got uh, North Queensland coming up on Friday night uh, this this coming week. We'll be at uh, Paraleagues for the uh, post-match. And, uh, mate, until then, go you Eels. Yes, sir. Catch you guys in the next episode.